Hello, listeners. Welcome to Woman Inherits the Earth. This is your host, Tessa Dare speaking. You are now listening to part two of our discussion on the film Women Talking. If you haven't heard part one, I suggest going back to our episode from two weeks ago and listening to that first. Last time, we covered most of the film's plot and spoke briefly of the book it was based on, as well as the real-life event that the book was inspired by. When we left off, we were discussing the literacy of the characters in the film and how that affects their agency, and whether a gender-imbalanced society could ever be free of sexual assault. This week, we'll be talking about the few humorous moments in the film before heading into our conclusions and, of course, our hot takes. While the rest of our discussion this week heads into slightly more lighthearted topics, I still need to issue a content warning. We will continue to discuss sexual assault this week, as well as the subject of suicide as it pertains to the events of the film. If you are sensitive to either of these subjects, please consider skipping this episode. With that out of the way, please enjoy part two of our discussion on women talking. their religion. So, oh, the humor. Okay, let me find it. Oh, there's two humorous moments. Okay. Yeah, so I'm, before, curious, I'm curious to see if your okay. moments that you thought were humorous are the same moments that I thought were humorous. Okay, so they're in this, um, I don't know if this happens in the break or what, but all of a sudden we hear Daydream Believer coming and it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, so, did, I did not see that as one of the humorous moments, but that okay, was... Okay, all right. It was, it was, they were, I can't even remember what the scene was that was happening. Might have been during the break because they were yeah, all they, doing different things. They're taking a they break, were, getting food or something. And then yeah, the checking on the kids, they're yeah. checking on the kids, they're, they're uh, feeding the chickens. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a discussion between August and Anche, you know, about education and all these kind of little uh, bucolic things happening. And then the silence of the, the bucolic <laughs> Uh, mood is broken by this loud blaring playing on loudspeakers on a on a mm-hmm. truck of of the monkeys daydream believer mm-hmm. and it's a truck coming through asking them to do the 2010 census which is yes. our our clue that this is set in america so yes. all the residents must come out and be counted and nobody reacts at all except the two teenagers. And, you know, as someone who has worked in government and, and worked on getting people to participate in the census, um, I, I'm like, first of all, why did the truck come closer? And secondly, why do none of these women react and go out? They don't take it seriously. They don't. It's like, okay, I, you are in your own government here, but oh. there's a bigger world out there. You need to get counted by the census. Yeah, I assumed it wasn't that they weren't taking it seriously. I assumed that they have been told all their lives that they're not allowed to participate. I, I oh, that could be it. Yeah, that the yeah. men don't want them participating. It, it seemed yeah. to me like they were intentionally ignoring it because their their men have told them that they are not a part of that wider world and that it would be a violation of their roles as women to talk to that man at all. Uh, especially to participate in the census. Also, this is the one moment that tells us what year it is. It's 2010. Yes, it's 2010. Well, it's probably, yeah, it is 2010. It could be a year after that time. But um, but why, but around there, yeah, but why doesn't the truck come closer? If it's his job to get them, he parks way far out and doesn't come in. Well, 
first of all, we don't know how good the roads are because this is not a community that normally has cars driving through. And second, again, I'm assuming it's because they've tried to take the census in this community before and have maybe been met with a violent backlash. Yeah, that could be very, very, very true. So there's another scene where I think it's, is it Agata makes the point that none of us have ever asked the men for anything, yes. not for not for salt to be passed or a penny or a moment mm-hmm. alone or to open a curtain, but the one and only request would be for them to leave. This is when they're still thinking in terms of telling the men that they have to leave. And then everybody starts laughing because August is still taking the minutes. And this scene, and they just start, they just burst into this very healthy laughter. And it seems very real to me because they've been so serious. I mean, these these discussions are life and death discussions about their community, but also their individual lives. And it's deadly serious. And then she says, and the one request we would make of them is to leave and then they all just start laughing and it's hilarious and the way she i'm not describing it very well but the way she says it is just so funny and yeah. and they they get it they instantly start laughing and do you want to give your humorous moment because i probably it's probably my third one but you go ahead that that was one of mine um i didn't note this one down but there was also the moment where the young girl i think it was Aucha, pretended to kill herself where she she like she ran up the stairs saying something like I can't take it anymore and then jumped out the barn window but she jumped into like a big pile of hay so she was fine. Did she know the hay is there? Was she really yes. trying to kill herself? No, I, I think she I, I think, think she, it was okay. Okay. I think it was okay. a teenager prank moment. But that actually wasn't my my other moment. My other moment I'm not sure was intended as a humorous moment. It's one of the like voiceover moments where they're talking about the men and then they literally have Marike say but not all men. I laughed out loud. I laughed so hard. You know, the, the, that's like I don't remember that one. The meme. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's, it comes in the middle of a, a bunch of other stuff. They're talking about a bunch of stuff, and they're talking about, like, the, the men have done this, and the men, you know, are not, they're all capable of violence or something. And then there's just a little brief moment where you hear Marike in voiceover say, but not all men. And I was just like, oh, sure. Marike would be the <laughs> not all men girl, I guess. There's another scene that, uh, that's funny. Um, it's Agatha, right? She's the one. Actually, she's, I think it's Greta. I think it's Greta. It's, it's Greta. It's Greta. Yeah. yeah, it's Greta. She. They've had this very serious discussion, and all of a sudden, she just feels like something is very wrong. She says, oh, I have to stop you here. I think I'm dying. Yeah, and it's like, I start, says, I'm sorry. I think I'm I, dying. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think I'm dying. And I started laughing. And then they kind of come over to her and they're all like, what's gone? What's, you know, can you breathe? Are you okay? She's not having a panic attack. She's not having a heart attack. She just can't see. And then one of the women, I don't know who it is, looks at her and says, your glasses are filthy. <laughs> <laughs> And as someone who wears glasses and finds sometimes that I, I can't see and I think I'm dying, <laughs> that I'm having, you know, a stroke or something because I can't see and then I take my glasses off and I can see fine. So, yeah, yeah your glasses get so dirty sometimes when you get busy, you don't notice it. It's a hilarious scene. So there yeah. are several, there are three or four scenes in here that just uh, are, are great humorous breaks and yeah. uh, make it make it a little bit easier to get through, but they're not enough. Yeah. It's a really hard film to get through. It's a tough film to get through. And you, you were talking about um, Mayor Kay, and I, I have a comment about Salome. I think she's my favorite. 
she's um salome i guess she's she's both a realist and the one who seems most in touch with both her own feelings and the hideous nature of the problem that yes. they face she knows who she is she knows what she needs she uh she does change her mind in the end about how they should handle it but she is very clear all the way through she is she is never confused about what's going on and she says we know we are bruised and infected and pregnant and terrified and insane some of us are dead yeah a detail that we sort of haven't talked about because it, it honestly isn't focused on that much uh, in the film Ache's friend Neche I'm not totally sure how to say it her mother killed herself before right. the beginning of the film mm-hmm. it, as a direct response yeah, yeah as a direct response to what happened to her so yeah. the other the other final point I want to make that I didn't realize until I read the Wikipedia entry was that Salome and Ona are actually sisters yeah, I, I have the same mother. I assume yeah. they have the same father because they have the same mother. So yeah. uh, is it Greta or Agate? I forget which one I, is their mother. Ag- Agatha is their mother Agatha. And, and Greta is Marike's mother because Greta is the one know, who apologizes to her. We're probably confusing the listeners because I'm pronouncing yeah. different the names differently than you are. But anyway, there are two older women. One of them is Agatha, which is like Agatha with without the H, without the H sound, the T-H sound. Yeah, it's spelled that and way, Agatha. but I'm pretty sure they were saying it Agatha. Were they okay? Yeah, that's what it sounded like to me. I don't know. I'm not sure that well, either I of have pronunciation. My, right. Well, my hearing issues wouldn't allow me to, to distinguish that. So, but Agatha and Greta, Greta. are the two mm-hmm. older women, and one of them is is the mother of Salam and Ona, yeah. and two more different women. You could not, and, and you know, we don't really ever know until the end of the film that they're sisters. That's yeah. how distraught this whole situation is but anyway so the end of the film is my heading is how the decision is made we've talked about that a little bit salome has the most honest response he says i will kill maim and dance on graves yes (laughs) and and burn in hell before i let another man satisfy his violent urges with the body of my four-year-old child and this is where you got the See, I thought she was talking about it in the future, but I think you're probably very right. But, you know, so why doesn't she want to leave? So anyway, but she says, I, I will become... I think because she wants to kill them. I think yeah. that's what she, she wants says, to do. She says, I will, I will become a murderer if I stay. Yes. Um, Salome has says, but she changes her mind after discussion about the principles of their faith, which is the yeah. one big thing we have left to discuss. So you want to start that? I think also, I, I, I got the impression from Salome from the beginning that she knew that if she couldn't convince the others to stay and kill the men with her that she would have to go with them like mm-hmm. I, I think she yeah. knows that she she can't kill all the men on her own but yeah so yeah their their faith their uh their faith is a pacifist faith um i don't know i i, I don't really have that many notes about their faith itself it more just kind of it's a part of why i have such a difficult time yes. with this movie because it feels like the real argument for them not to leave is their faith they firmly believe in god and they believe that the male elders are the you know human uh, representatives for god and the male elders have told them that if they don't forgive the rapists of the four-year-old that they will not get into heaven mm-hmm. and they all believe that because the elders say that and they do end up debating it a little bit towards the end but it takes them a really long time long to time get to get there. Yes. For the, for the whole movie, the debate is basically, if we leave, we might not get into heaven. And I think it's really hard for me to buy into those kinds of discussions, in part because I was not raised with a religion. So I don't, I think on some fundamental level, I don't understand 
how you can believe in a god that would forgive a man who raped a four-year-old, but would not forgive that four-year-old's mother for failing to forgive the man. I just don't see how you can square that in I your think mind. Most good Christians would not would not agree with this situation. So, yeah. and you know, let, let's just take the most famous Christian pacifist of all time, Martin Luther King, who talked about pacifism as a way to achieve results. So, in in this story here, the women, pacifism is a central tenet of their faith. By staying here, uh, one of them says, by staying here, if we become violent, we betray that. By staying, we are inviting harm. Living in a state of war, turning this colony into a battlefield. We cannot become murderers. We cannot endure more violence, which is why we must leave. I, I am not sure who makes that. I might, I'm not sure who makes that argument. Because Salome, it must be because or Agatha. Because Salome and Ona both agree, but yeah. but the woman who makes it, and it's one of the two elders, elders. I think yeah. you're right, but they make that statement based on everything that's been discussed up until then. When they realize where everybody is, that is what they come to. That pacifism requires that they leave because yeah. if they stay, they will commit murder. And you know, there's a there's a long history of religion. And, I mean, you know, actually. The, the most famous Christian pacifist is Martin Luther King, but of course he got his ideas from Mahatma Gandhi. So pacifism is, it's a wonderful idea. It's a wonderful concept. But as any civil rights activist will tell you, it doesn't always work. Also, Martin Luther King began to change his mind about yes, it he did. the end of his life. Because of his discussions with Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. anyway, um, so yeah, it, it, it it's not always... But it's a hard transition to make. You don't want mm-hmm. people to get hurt. You don't want anybody to get hurt. But sometimes people get hurt. And so I was kind of torn at the end here. I'm really glad. Uh, I hate the, the whole idea, the whole religious idea about forgiveness was oppressive to me. You know, that they had to, like the forgiveness has to equal permission and it doesn't. You know, and I'm not even sure you have to forgive people. I, I'm really not sure you have to do that. Yeah. I think I think if it's somebody you love who hurts you and is willing to change and stop hurting you, forgiveness is important in that in that situation. But someone who continues to hurt you and yeah. doesn't change their behavior every time, and yeah. you, you've got to stop at some point. Yeah, you've exactly. got to stop and walk away. Yeah. My feeling about forgiveness, I mean, yes, if it's someone who you love and you're, you still want to maintain a relationship with and what they've done hasn't had like irrevocable consequences, right? then, then sure, you can forgive that person maybe and continue to be in a relationship with them. My feeling about forgiveness in the abstract is I do not think you owe anyone forgiveness for their sake. For me, the main positive of forgiveness, let's say you are someone who has experienced abuse or sexual assault in your past. For me, the main point of forgiveness is so that you can move on and not have that define your life anymore. Yes, that's a very good point. Very good point. And apart from that, I don't like I I don't I don't I think that is the only inherent virtue of forgiveness in certain situations. Uh, like, yes, for sure, you know, if it's like, ah, my partner didn't unload the dishes again, like, you know, that if we're talking about petty things or just like, you know, the, the grievances that pile up in a, an otherwise positive relationship, 
then yeah, it's good for both of you to to forgive and move on as as long as you know if if it is something that needs to change, it changes. But if we're talking about something that that you might consider unforgivable, like rape or assault, murder, uh, murder, I don't think the person who commits those things is inherently deserving of forgiveness mm-hmm. just for the sake of it. But the yeah. person who survived those things may uh, need to do something. Yeah, yeah, they might get something out of forgiveness, or they might not. This is the thing; it's 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 personal. You might not feel any better. If you can forgive this person, it's more, what do you need to do to reclaim your life? And, you know, I think a, a good example of what you were talking about is a parent-child relationship. Mm-hmm. So as a child, it, people who grow up, even good parents make mistakes. And sometimes those mistakes are devastating or yeah. just have, have an impact that the parent never anticipated, never saw it coming. Mm-hmm. So uh, you, at some point, when you become an adult, have to realize or get to a point if you're if you're a a person who thinks about these things if you're self-aware you know and you walk through a period or you go through a period almost every adult does and should where you have to figure out what your parents did and was it good was it bad was it in between um can you forgive them can you move on and that that's part of growing up that's part of you know that's part of coming of age is dealing with what your parents how they raised you how you know maybe you've turned out to be a different kind of person than they were um there's all kinds of things so that kind of thing that kind of forgiveness is wonderful and it, it does allow you to move on but if somebody has raped you or killed a loved one I think I've gotten to a point, I understood when I was younger that people, some people needed to forgive, but I've had some things happen to me into my life that I, I would never forgive people yeah. for. And I understand it. I, I, you know, there's, there are other ways to feel about it. You know, you can, some people say, oh, you should forgive, but never forget. I'd rather forget. Yeah. I mean, exactly. I would rather those people not be a, a dominant part of my memory. It's not mm-hmm. that you're going to forget it completely, but you can't obsess over it. And forgiveness sometimes requires obsessing so i don't Mm -hmm. it's not always healthy for you and and the way they describe it that forgiveness should never be permission that is something people have struggled with yeah because especially when it's repetitive you know when it just when it just keeps happening so i think think that is the danger of promoting forgiveness above all else and and not talking about the you know the potential nuances there that the danger mm-hmm. is you know if 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 you're just saying that you must always forgive people then yeah that that becomes okay then i just give everyone permission to walk all over me cuz i have to forgive everyone yeah so that is yeah and i i they are they are choosing not to do that they're rejecting yes. violence and they they say at some point that leaving for them is an act of faith because they do, mm-hmm. they do not want to abandon their faith it's given them security and love at each other it's given mm-hmm. them each other. So their leaving is a step towards love and forgiveness and how they demonstrate their faith. And I wrote that down and then I wrote, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, it I wouldn't be mine. Like, I, I think we've done a really good job of being respectful so far, but I feel like you and I are maybe the wrong people to have discussed this movie. <laughs> under, understand the faith part of this because so much of their discussion of their faith, I'm just like, I'm sorry, but either your God is not what the male elders are telling you he is, or he is and then he's not worth following. If yeah. your God seriously is someone who thinks that y'all should just 
continue to live with the because this is the thing they they have set the situation that is happening here is black and white there are some situations that are a lot more nuanced than this but this is black and white all of these women are like perfect angels and what has happened to them is horrific and it happened to the four-year-old as well and all of the men are complicit because mm-hmm. it, it may have only been eight or so of them who did it but all of the men except august have gone to bail out the dudes who raped the four-year-old and maybe more so maybe they knew it was happening and turned a blind eye to it exactly they talk yeah, about th- that but yeah. it ha- they had to have known because there were too many of them it wasn't just mm-hmm. one woman saying yeah, hey was, i was raped it was happening to it a was bunch dozens of and dozens mm-hmm. of them so yeah they they had to know yeah, and they repeatedly told the women that they were making it up. Yeah. That this was their imagination. And and we we see the first shot of the movie is one of the women after an attack and she's covered in bruises. Yeah. You, and you're going to tell her that she blood. imagined it? Yeah, and there's yeah. there quite a few times where the narration is over a scene where a woman is waking up in bed. Uh, covered in blood and bruises mm-hmm. and there's two or three different one ona is the one that that is shown several times because of course she has the most obvious manifestation of yeah. this she's got a baby the pregnancy, um yeah. she's pregnant yeah so but but it happens a lot and it's usually with this this soothing narration over it by this child it which is a real difficult juxtaposition for me and I realize that they're trying to it's like a, they're not they're trying to not inflame people. But I'm sorry, I'm inflamed. I mean, you can yeah. you can use all the soft narration you want. I am I am outraged. I am in, enraged by these yeah. scenes. And, oh, they're over. They happen six or seven times during yeah. the movie. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. I mean. I, yeah. I guess at this point, I'm just gonna go ahead and like get into my biggest uh, okay. criticisms here. <clears throat> well, let's go. Can um, we do the ending of the movie before we get into okay, our criticism? Yeah, sure, okay, sure, sure, sure. So, so the ending of the movie, and just really quickly, uh, is that they do decide to leave, and they have to do it. Uh, Klaus does come back. He is uh, Marche, Marche's husband, mm-hmm. and he comes back. So they wait till he's asleep, and they everybody says we're going to meet before dawn out on the road. Bring your buggies. Bring bring everything you can carry um, in terms of foodstuffs and and equipment, anything you need. Um, and they all bring their stuff. And when um, Mary Kay and her daughter uh, arrive, they have both been beaten up by Klaus, who came home drunk. But he's passed out drunk. That I was wondering when I was watching this, if he's coming down the road, because they knew he was coming home, they could see him, how are they going to get out at first light? But it turns out that he'd either, I don't know when he got drunk, if it was before, if he you know came yeah. home that way, or if he sat there and drank. And for a religious community... They allow drinking? That's another question, but we'll put that one aside because we're running out of time here. But anyway, um, so he's drinking to excess. You know, he drinks enough to get drunk and pass out. But not before he beats the shit out of his wife and daughter. Because he can see that something's happening. You know, he, uh, I don't know how he finds out, but he knows that they're planning something. But, um, so he beats him up. Anyway, so everybody gathers uh, together in the morning. The only person who leaves is, uh, who doesn't leave is Frances McDormand. Uh, mm-hmm. Her character, and I forget what her character's name is, but her daughter and granddaughter it's, leave. It's like, it's Scarface Young. Oh, yeah. It was a stupid, terrible name. Terrible yeah. name. Yeah. Anyway, Weird so name. she's the one person who doesn't leave. I'm not sure what the point of that is. Maybe she's afraid. I I, I don't know. But you see her staying in her I, doorway I after her it's, daughter. 
has left. Yeah, I, I think she's just supposed to represent the women who are kind of so thoroughly indoctrinated. Um, yeah, yeah, brainwashed by the yeah. community. Yes, that they, yes, that they can't. So she doesn't leave, yeah. but but she's the only one. Everybody else leaves. Yeah, her daughter I, I, and granddaughter leave. Yeah. At yeah. first, it looks like her daughter and granddaughter aren't going to because it looks like she's going to force them not to. But then they sneak mm-hmm. out later and yeah. leave. They and yeah. so and they all they get into everybody's buggies. The people who can walk walk. The ones who don't. So you see this long trail of buggies and pe- people walking and and they're leaving. And then Davy fucking Jones plays us off. Yeah. And I am not kidding. Is like, all of a sudden we hear Davy Jones of the monkeys. This is another. I'm, and, and you know. <laughs> So that's the end of the movie. He plays us off. Yeah, final criticisms. I am going to save one of them for my hottest take, but I'll go into my other ones. So yeah, I I mean, basically, okay, so one of my issues with the movie uh, is kind of represented by one of Ona's lines, which is, when we've liberated ourselves, we will have to ask ourselves who we truly are. And the issue for me that this represents is it feels like this whole movie is like a movie about being in the womb. None of these women (laughs) actually really get a chance to self-actualize and become full people. It's like the whole movie is a debate over whether or not they're going to become full people. And that happens sometime in the future. And that's just, it's it's frustrating to me because it feels like this whole movie is stalled out on a question whose answer is obvious. And again, part of this frustration is they never actually debate whether they're going to stay and fight. That It's supposed to be a debate between leaving or staying and fighting, but functionally it's a debate between leaving and doing nothing. Uh, because they don't, like, apart, apart from Salome's occasional outbursts of anger none of them ever really entertain staying and fighting at all and they never discuss the logistics of that which if you're not going to discuss the logistics of it then you're not really discussing it uh because none of them really has a moment where they sit down and and think through it of like okay if we're gonna stay and fight and by fight we mean kill these men what would that look like we might not, we probably won't be able to take them one-on-one. So what that might look like is either getting weapons and ambushing them as they return or waiting for them to fall asleep and ambushing them as they sleep. Are we prepared to do that? And I think they never see the stay and fight idea it's anything other than physical violence so yeah. and this, this I, I don't think there their, is another option I, well like, I, I mean i think in 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 a more educated literate society there would be but these women maybe. have no no education they don't know what history has taught us about revolution for example they don't probably don't even understand that concept yeah so but also we're talking about like i I mean i know you you mentioned you know essentially like civil disobedience i don't think that would work with these men we are talking about men who think these women should shut up about not just the rapes but the rape of the four-year-old any man that can as far as i'm concerned all of the men except for august are essentially co-conspirators. They're complicit. I don't think these are men that you can reach. So so as far as I'm concerned, I think the only real fight option is physical violence. And which for them is murder. And again, yeah. how would they do it? They don't think they yeah. have any concept of how they would do it. 
Yeah. Exactly. So it just it like and and us- they live in a country of laws. So yeah. if they commit murder, they're going to mm-hmm. go to prison themselves. I mean, there's yeah. just not an option for them. Yeah. So I just I just feel like it sets up a a false debate, and then yeah. the, the the debate ends up actually being: Do we stay and forgive them, or do we leave? And forgive them that that like that forgiveness is just sort of a, a given that there's kind of yeah. apart from again, apart from Salome, there's kind of no point where there's any idea that they're not going to forgive them. It's more like, how do we forgive them? And, and that, that's how do we live with it? To me. I, I think it takes the, it. I think they realize that they can't stay and fight and, but it takes them a long time to get there. Yeah. And once they do get there, it is okay. That's it. We got to go. But, like, the process of getting there is not the process of them realizing that, like, logistically they they can't do it. It's more this back and forth discussion over whether they can just stay and, and continue to put up with it. And I'm just like, that's not a real question. Mm-hmm. That's not a real debate. Although, if, if Salome thinks the, she can do it. Salome is absolutely convinced but she she's, can do but it. But she's the only one who's actually talking about fighting. Yeah. This is what I'm she's saying. The Everyone only one. else is debating whether we stay and do nothing or leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm sorry, if you have the ability to ask that question, there is only one answer in this well, situation. And then that's not what that, that wasn't the assignment. They didn't understand the assignment. Yeah. Because the, at the very beginning, there was a vote. And there were th- three different things. Stay and fight, stay and forgive, leave. And nobody wanted to stay yeah. and forgive. It was either stay and, they were supposed to be discussing yeah. stay and fight and le- or leave. That was it. Not the forgive part. None of the other women wanted wanted or there were, weren't enough votes. Yeah, they didn't actually end up debating that, which just makes the whole movie feel a little pointless to me. Like for the whole time, mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't understand how this is a debate. We are talking about a situation that is so black and white. These men have never treated you like full humans. Half of your dialogue right now is about how these men don't treat you like human beings. And what has just happened is everyone in this room has experienced months of serial rape, including the child who now has a venereal disease. This is such a black and white situation that I don't see how there's a debate. And that just makes so much of watching this movie feel kind of repetitive and navel gazy. And like, there is definitely plenty of of, uh, beautiful dialogue. There are some really lovely points. It's just, it kind of felt like the, the movie equivalent of this could have been an email. This could have been an essay in like a Mary Wollstonecraft book. Yeah. I think the discussion is important to them because it helps them move along the path to getting where they need to be to leave. But I do I do agree with you that there should have been more discussion of staying and fighting and what that yeah. would mean for them. They talk about it for just a minute. I mean, a couple of minutes at the end, you know, where Mayor Kay talks about or Salome talks about how she would kill. Um, and she's the only one. And that's the, that's what, that's the, what's the word I want? That's what causes the other women to realize they can't do that. Yeah. So if that's what that was, if that's what you mean by stay and fight, we can't do it. We're going to have to leave. I do think there's a lot of discussion about it, but not enough on, on the violence part of, of it. I also feel like there was never a very clear moment of them rejecting the male elders interpretation of God. And I felt like that was like, oh, they, yeah, they end in a place of the only how do they the get to decide? I, I think them. I said that earlier. Yeah. Yeah. How, how do the how yeah. do the men get to decide who gets into heaven and what the criteria exactly. is for that? 
Exactly. And especially, how do the yeah. men who have already decided that the rapists are fine get to decide whether or not the women get into heaven? So yeah, like, what I, I am saving my kind of my final full argument for my hottest take. Uh, but I did want to make a quick point about Daydream Believer. I, I feel like this movie is really black and white. It has presented a really black and white situation. I think it is kind of the epitome of, you know, the perfect victim story and i feel like a daydream believer kind of reflects that i love the song it's one of my favorite monkey songs yeah. but it is a very simple straightforward song it's got a, a simple but catchy tune and the lyrics are very simple and straightforward. It's it's a very quintessential like '60s love song that's you know super sunny and homecoming cute. queen. And, yeah, yeah, just the title, the title, yeah, daydream yeah, believer. Yeah, yeah, very basic kind of daydream imagery. Homecoming queen. Mm-hmm. I, you know, there's a part where he says, "You used to think of me as a, a white knight on his steed." You know, it's it's very like basic fairy tale imagery. And I think it kind of represents the hope of the modern world slash the hope of them leaving and and leaving behind some of the past. And that's interesting, but I feel like that also points to what I see as one of the major weaknesses of the film, which is that this situation is black and white grim and they are presenting the hope of tomorrow as like black and white good daydream believer there is no darkness in the song daydream believer and there is no nuance and that is kind of our only representation of the quote-unquote modern day and that song is what 50 years old i'm not sure exactly what year it came out in but it was a long time ago (laughs) like Mm -hmm. it's it's not exactly a modern pop song Mm-hmm. It's a 60s pop song. And even at the time, it was a pretty simplistic song. There are a lot yeah. more complicated, complex songs from that time period. This including was like, including other songs by the Monkees, by the way. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the most simplistic Monkees song. It totally is. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so it's just it's just there is something a little bit frustrating about the fact that this movie has basically set up a Mennonite rapist men bad future good kind of yeah. dichotomy. Well, and if yeah. it's okay, I will I will add to that. So, you know, is this a feminist movie? Is it a movie about how damaging religion can be for people who are not at the top or for anyone? Is it a movie about how any oppressed people crawl and scratch their way into freedom and autonomy and how hard that is, almost impossibly so. Look at how long African Americans have been scratching their way to equity, hundreds of years. And as they walk through all these these ideas, when they talk about it, and that's where the title comes from, Women Talking, I think they come to the right conclusion. I think they do have to leave because murder is wrong. Murder is yeah. two 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 wrongs don't make a right, and unless it's self defense, and, and it is self defense, but proving that is really hard in this kind of a situation. Yeah. So they 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 make the right choice for themselves and for their community of women, um, but but it's a fucking depressing movie, and yeah. it, it's not. I don't find anything hopeful in it because even though yeah. they leave and even though they make the right choice, they weren't given a lot of good choices. Um, and where are they going? 
this 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 was what you're saying that limited that unlimited potential future it's not they are women with no skills they cannot read they cannot well, write I they think can they do farm. have skills they just they just don't have modern skills they don't they don't have anything that they can put on a resume and they're you know we don't know where they're moving into so it's it's a very it's a fantasy ending it's yeah. a fairy fairy tale ending because we have to we're we're being asked to believe to completely suspend disbelief that there was a future out there waiting for them. I mean, you have to take this movie within within the environment of the movie, within its constraints, within its parameters. You can't, you know, say, "Oh, well, the original story, blah blah blah." Well, no, in this movie, they are we are being expected to believe. We are told to believe that they have a great future waiting for them, and it's not out there. I can't believe that they don't. They don't. You know, they're they're leaving with the clothes on their back. And a couple of, of sackfuls of seed, mm-hmm. and their children who they have to feed. Where are they going to go? This is not a hopeful ending. It, they're they're marching off to their death, as far as I'm concerned. And unless they just go down the, the road a little bit and set up, you know, camp, and it's like, where are they going to live? Where are they going to? Where are all these women going to go? Is there going to be some kind of organization out there who takes them in, educates them, and whatever? And yeah. uh, and you know, the, it being 2010, that is supposed to, I guess give us a little bit of a hint but you know that it is modern times and they are in america and maybe they can get some help but i don't i don't see it happening i I think that but the other thing too that they've talked about and we didn't really focus on very much is that there was a a lot of their discussion there was a big chunk of it where they talked about how they would take their 12 to 15 year old sons and then later on if some of the men wanted to join them they could and they, they they keep this discussion going for a while and i'm like I want to hit them upside the head. Yeah. What are you talking what, about? And then, and, yeah. and then, and then, and then one of them, yeah. And then one of them, I think it's, it, I forget who it is. It's, it might be Una. Una says, then why would we leave if we're just going to set up a new colony somewhere else with exactly. the same men? What's mm-hmm. the point of that? So yeah. that they drop that discussion, but it, it takes up 10 or 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah. And so, because they think they understand what yeah. are they going to do if they leave, what are they yeah. going to do if they leave? How are they going to survive? They don't answer that question. They leave it up to our imagination, but it's not a happy ending. It's not a hopeful yeah. ending. It's not a happy ending. It's a tragic ending. And I hate this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, do we want to uh, just to kind of. That's my hot. That's my hot take. Yeah. I was going to say, a... yeah. What, what, what is your, what is your hottest take? Your hottest that take. That is my hottest take. If this is just a fucking depressing movie yeah. and I had to watch it twice. I watched it uh, the first time because everybody was talking about how great it was. I thought, oh, watch this. This is back in maybe December, January of last year. And, you know, as people were talking about it on social media, what a great movie it was. And I watched it. I remember the first time gripping the arms of my chair in horror throughout yeah. that. And I think I had to watch it in two, in two different parts. And, you know, because I thought... I can't watch any more of this. It's like Schindler's yeah. List to me. Schindler's yeah. List, I had to stop when you know when the young woman gets killed and he shoot he shoots her in the head yeah. and she's like the best character in the movie. I had to stop watching the damn movie and didn't yeah. come back to it. I think I had to check it back into to Blockbuster and turned it in late because yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't. It took me a week to get back yeah. to it. I just couldn't do it. And that's how I felt with this one. But I only had forty eight hours to finish watching it. So I, you know, I just like this is this it, is. A terrible movie. And then I had to watch it again this week for a podcast. So I'm not happy about this film. (laughs) 
<laughs> hey, you were the one who wanted us to watch it. I didn't want to. I know, I know. Well, because it was, um, it seemed to relate. And honest to God, I think next time we should talk about the Barbie movie because we've now had two kind of semi-depressing movies in a row. And yeah. I, I would just like to throw in my hottest take is that everybody should go see the Barbie movie if you haven't because it is inspiring <laughs> and humorous and intelligent and it just a, a wonderful, thorough assessment of feminism and and the reality of modern women's lives so that's my that's my hot take i think there's a real tension in this movie between the fact that the writers and filmmakers are educated privileged white women Mm. and the subjects of this movie are marginalized women who in reality do not have any of those privileges they don't have any autonomy at all yeah. yeah, it's privileged women putting words into the mouths of yes. completely unprivileged women. And the, and um, these women are 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 illiterate and mm-hmm. they speak and they speak in this this amazing dialogue that was written for yeah. them by these privileged women. It's 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 not it's not believable. I think that's why so much of the movie feels so pointless to me because they have set up this black and white scenario that isn't what the real scenario would be like the in the real scenario mm-hmm. they wouldn't have this opportunity to leave and they wouldn't Mm-mm. have this ability to philosophize like they're in a freaking lecture class in grad school uh, because once once you have that level of privilege there is no real question you just leave they're they're using this they being the the creators are using this scenario to philosophize about the place of women and it just rings kind of hollow to me because they haven't really experienced what these women have experienced and the real status of women in the modern world is a lot more complicated than what's happening here uh and so that brings me to my hottest take which is i think this is a conservative movie when you make a movie where the survivors are so perfect and the crimes so egregious and the reaction to that crime is so demure, it's just leaving, that even the most conservative, regressive voices in this country could not possibly object to anything that happens in this movie. Mm-hmm. Have you made a feminist movie? Mm-mm. I don't think so. No. You, <laughs> I, made, a, I think this you is... made a Christian movie. You made a movie yeah. about a religion. Yeah. Cause, mm-hmm. And here's the thing. I, I, I After I watched it, I watched it on Amazon, on Amazon and I looked at the reviews, and the first review, the first positive review, was written by a man who was yeah. just so impressed by watching women suffer and seeing how their, their <laughs> love for their daughters overcame it all. And I was just like, yeah, this, this, this movie is pandering. This is a pandering movie. This is a movie that is incredibly safe. And basically just wants to make us feel better that men aren't this bad in in the modern world. And the problem with that is that it completely obscures the much more complicated issues that are our real world issues. And, I, you know, th- th- there's been a lot of discourse recently about how we deal with real world survivors of rape. And I think this movie actually does most of them a disservice because a a big Mm -hmm. problem that we see in real world rape and assault cases is if the victim is not 
absolutely perfect and the crime is not absolutely black and white, it, it almost never goes in favor of the survivor. You know, I, I mean, only 2% of rape cases even get prosecuted to begin with. Mm-hmm. And when they do, we often tear apart the women in those cases because, oh, they wore a shir- short skirt one time. They've been drunk before. And like when you when when your movie about rape creates this black and white world where like the victims include a four-year-old and like none of these women have ever even like stood up to their abusers before that this isn't this isn't helping real world survivors because real world world survivors are complicated and their situations are complicated and if the only cases of rape that we can agree on are ones like this then we're actually not helping the vast majority of survivors. So, you know, so I So what's the point of this movie? Exactly. Like, yeah. I, I, I could see this movie maybe being helpful for someone who is a survivor and fi- uh, I don't know some kind of catharsis. Maybe. But, <laughs> on the, but on the other hand, I feel like this movie is ultimately really conservative and what it adds to the narrative is is the opposite of helpful. Yeah. So yeah, that that's my take. I don't think it's a feminist movie. I think it's a conservative movie. I agree with you 100%. <laughs> uh, apologies to anyone who kept listening after I explained at the beginning that I don't like this movie. <laughs> All right. I, I guess that that's our final thoughts. Did you have any other final thoughts to add? If you haven't seen it, I can't recommend that you do. Same. I say that as somebody who loves movies and it's very seldom that I've ever walked out in a movie. I have. Uh, and I, I stopped watching movies, you know, that I paid for at home for sure. But this is one that I just not, I'm not, I'm just not sure it's worth your time. Yeah. I, so. I did have one final point to make that uh, you might want to say something about as well. I think it is really telling that this movie was nominated for Best Picture and The Woman King wasn't. Isn't it? Because because the woman king is about complicated women and this one is not this is just your perfect example of a perfect victim story that conservatives can get on board with and it's about white women which conservatives can also get on board with whereas the woman king is telling stories about complicated black women who are capable of violence who have done things that maybe we don't i mean the women in the in the woman king do kill they do yeah. kill and that they don't feel guilty about it they don't feel mm-hmm. guilty about it it's not, mm-hmm. a, and it's 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 almost part of their religion, quote unquote, yeah. that that they are warriors. That is their mm-hmm. religion. They are warriors. So the woman king basically does not appeal to our white male gaze, and this movie does. And you know, I'm not saying I'm not advocating violence. I am a pacifist whenever it's mm-hmm. possible. <laughs> yes. I, I I'm a conditional pacifist, but um, I do think that sometimes you have to fight back and. Sometimes that is going to involve violence. I have seen comments by people, let's go back to 2000, after the summer of righteous uh, protests over the killing of Mr. Floyd, George Mm -hmm. Floyd, right? Yeah. And people were upset that property was being damaged in these protests. And and all I could think was, that upset you? That's what upset Mm -hmm. you. That's what upsets you. Okay, not that he was killed, not Mm -hmm. that he called for his mother while he Mm -hmm. lay there dying. Mm -hmm. No, none of that upsets you. Not that that black men are killed all the time by police, and women too. A couple Mm -hmm. of women have been killed. And that black people live in fear when they get in their car 
and drive their kids to school that they're going to be pulled over. None of that upsets you as much as somebody broke a window or painted graffiti on a wall. That's what upsets yep. you. Really? Yep. <laughs> The proper the damage the damage to inanimate objects is what's yeah. important here. If, if not you're the gonna, loss of human lives. And how are they supposed to react? You are killing them and they're mm-hmm. not supposed to kill you back. Mm-hmm. What you know, that's what violence is that you're you're saying uh nonviolence is great for the for the victims. It's yeah. the victims should never be violent. Yeah, but the aggressors can be violent. Okay, that's yep. my that's my high horse. I'm getting off of it now. Yeah. Anyway, I would, I would rather watch ten The Woman Kings than another one yeah. of women talking. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. Okay, so that, dear listeners, is all for today. Yep. I'm Tessa Dare. You can find me at my website tessadare.com, where you can sign up for my email list, or you can follow me on Instagram or TikTok or Threads at author.tess.adair, and that's T-E-S-S dot A-D-A-I-R. And maybe when I said that to your listeners is all for today, I should have followed it with woo, because um, <laughs> this was a long one. Um, anyway, so I'm Beth Von Bear, and you can follow me on Instagram and threads at STL underscore writer underscore Beth, or you can sign up for my weekly Substack email, Saturday Morning Musings, at stlwriterbeth.substack.com. Dot com. This has been Women Inherits the Earth. Women Inherits the Earth are not terribly fun and witty podcast today. It was pretty serious. <laughs> we used to say it was fun and, and witty, but today it was pretty serious uh, podcast um, from the perspective of a mother and daughter about women in film. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it or at least got something out of it because today's was a little rough. Uh, and we'll tune in for our next episode in two weeks. See you then. Thank you.